This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Hey, everybody. Jeff Woods with the One Thing team. Today, I'm joined by Chris Heller, the co-CEO of Keller Williams. And today, we're going to talk about his career. I mean, going from starting as an agent to becoming the top agent in all of Keller Williams to eventually becoming co-CEO of the company. We're going to dive into very specifically how habits focus and discipline has paved the way for him to get here. We're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about health. And I know this is going to be a lot of value for you. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Chris, thanks for the time, man. My pleasure. I want to talk a lot about your professional career because it's been really impressive. I mean, getting to be co-CEO is, is one thing, but there's a lot of dominoes that had to fall leading up to this. So for people who don't know who you are, why don't you walk them through since the beginning, I guess. Since the beginning? In 1962, when yeah. I was born? <laughs> yeah. um, actually, I got my license. Well, we can start there. I got my license in uh, 1983. I was a sophomore in college and uh, did, it, did it for a summer job uh, to work at a timeshare resort. I got into residential Real estate sales at the end of 1988, and that was all in San Diego. And from 88 until 2004, I was with a company, Prudential California Realty, and then 2004, joined Keller Williams. I'm giving you the high level. Yeah. Uh, 2010, I actually came to Austin, started working at our headquarters, uh, helping Keller Williams expand outside of North America and developed Keller Williams worldwide. And then in January of 2015, John Davis and I uh, stepped into the roles that we're in now. Cool. So let's go back to when you're in California. I mean, you mentioned in 2009, you guys were the number one team in all of Keller Williams. Yeah, it was 2009. I've been in the top 10 in the country for Prudential for many, many years. And then uh, when I joined Keller Williams in 04, I think I think from 05 through 2009 and, and then beyond, we were you know in, in the top 10. Uh, 2009, actually number one. Jay was telling me the story about how you, how you mentioned you know you're the leader of your office and you had to set that example. You had to own your calendar. What did that look like? Well, I did that even before before I had to. And what I mean by that is before there was a team. I, that's how I operated. So I had a, a a schedule and I just followed that schedule every day. As my team grew, my team grew not because I wanted to grow a team. The amount of homes I was selling increased, and as that happened, I needed people to help take care of that business. So as we get busier, the more focused we are on our time and our calendar, 
the more that we can get done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I've I've shared this with with other people. It's just creating disciplines in different areas. You know, and, and the more disciplined you are with your time, the more time you have. The more disciplined you are with your health, the better health you have. The more disciplined you are with your money, the more money you have. So, it's that that discipline and focus allowed me to do more because I couldn't work any harder, couldn't work any more time. Right. I just had to become more efficient. So, for the people who are watching or who are listening, to this um, I've been on board for about a year now, and. It's been a really interesting ride for the last year, stepping in, realizing how I've never been taught how to organize a schedule. I've never really been taught how to think and execute in order of priority. Trying to figure that out and adopt that is is crazy because the moment I started doing time blocking and, and saying, no, during this time, I'm going to focus on my most important work, I've started to notice all the chaos and all the loose ends that start to pile up. So for you, when you're adopting this and when you started leading your team, how do you teach people to control their calendar? Well, they either control it or it controls them. Um, so, <laughs> um, and I, I rather control than be controlled. So, discipline is a muscle that you develop, and and the way to do that is by creating habits. So, initially, I had to do things, and some of them were mindset things. Other things were structural things to to make that process easier. Mm. So, when I say mindset things. You know, having the mindset that that was my job. My job was to follow my schedule. And, and just like any job, I had to show up at a certain time and do certain things. And, and, and that's how I operated mentally. Structurally, I, I did things to reduce the distractions, whether they were self-imposed or external. You know, things like, so in my, in my real estate office, I, would, I made sure that the receptionist knew that to a certain time each day, 11 o'clock each day, I was not available. Mm. And I was extreme about it. I remember telling one, one gal, you know, I don't care if the President of the United States pulls up in his limo, walks in, and says, I want Chris Heller to help me find a house. I'm not here until mm. 11 o'clock. I think another time I had a conversation with one and said, look, if someone calls and says my house is on fire, ask them if they call the fire department and then tell me afterwards. This time, I, I'm not here. You know, I would make sure I, people around me knew that, so I set up those structures. I'd make sure that I wouldn't know if I had any voicemails. So this was part of this was pre-cell phone mm-hmm. days, or when the cell phone was mounted in the car. Uh, but you know, we still had a, a phone on my desk that I was using to, to make my outbound calls, and I would tape over the message light because I didn't want to know if there were messages there. That flashing light after a while. You know, your mind starts to play games, and you think, okay, who could that be? And, and pretty soon you're going to be checking your messages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you check a message that takes you completely off course. So I just removed everything that I could that would cause a distraction or take me away from what I was supposed to be doing at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just taught my team to do the same thing. Especially with technology today, I, I even noticed this this morning where I got up, my phone's on airplane mode. I refused to take it off because I knew that I just... I wanted to go do something for me. I went downstairs. I meditated for 10 minutes, and then I made the mistake. I took it off airplane mode, and immediately my phone started going, and I've trained myself to not allow myself to open email, but I started checking Slack. I started checking my text messages, and all of a sudden, I'm in reaction mode, and then I'm in this shower. Instead of visualizing on what I want to do with our company, I'm thinking about reactive stuff, and it just, yeah, that was it. Our minds are really powerful. If, if we use them, well, actually, they're powerful in both directions, right, positively and negatively. And so we have to be really purposeful about, you know, what we allow in and when we allow things in and, and who we spend time with and what we read and what we listen to and what we look at. 
the default is negative, right? There's there's more negative out there, negative news, negative conversations, mm-hmm. negative people. So if you're neutral, you're actually not neutral. You're actually being bombarded with negative things. So you have to be really purposeful. You know, you don't have to do anything. I was really purposeful about making sure that I was putting more positive stuff in than mm-hmm. negative stuff would would be allowed to. I viewed it like a bottle of water. There's a finite amount of, of, of space in here, and I was going to make sure that there was more positive than negative. Yeah, I love it. Over the last year, as we created Time Blocking Mastery, and we've worked with close to well, over 800 people now, trying to make them have time blocking be a habit that sticks, a lot of them are from KW. And without a doubt, most of them, their focus is lead generation. Everybody inside the real estate world knows that lead generation is the one thing that makes everything else easier or unnecessary. But why is it so hard for them to do it? I think there's a couple things. Um, and it is it is the one thing, right? Without leads, there aren't transactions. So, this applies to all business yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else to do. So it all begins with, with that lead generation. I think why is it so hard to do um, is multiple reasons. If there was one thing and whoever discovered that one thing, they could get rich. There's nothing magical about it. because you know, it's, So anyone can, can succeed at it. Why do very few really succeed at it? Again, multiple reasons. One is people don't know what to do or how to do it. And if they don't aren't comfortable and confident, they tend not to do it or to avoid it. And if they don't know their scripts, then having that interaction with that lead is scary, is frightening. If you're really versed in it, having that conversation with that lead actually becomes fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes a, a challenge, a, a competition, a, an opportunity to um, you know to do something productive and, and set an appointment right then and there. So not knowing what to say, which which impacts confidence. Uh, and and could trigger fear. Uh, another is the distractions. Right? They haven't developed the discipline to say, okay, I know I need to do this, uh, but I, and I know I need to do it now, but because of distractions, it never happens. It's like exercise. Right? Everyone knows exercising is good for you. Yeah. And, and why doesn't everyone go to the gym? They haven't developed the habit of it. The people that have not going to the gym would be extremely uncomfortable because this habit's been formed. Uh, so it's just doing it enough time to, to actually create the habit. So there's creating the habit and the discipline, uh, knowing what to say. I think another reason that agents don't do it is is fear. And I touched on that before. When you're confident, there's less chance of fear. But there's fear, and what most people don't do is is really think that all the way through, right? There's a there's the feeling of fear, and they go, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But when you really think it through, it actually it actually can just disappear. And what I mean by that is, if I'm afraid to call you because you're going to get mad that I called you mm-hmm. or reject me, and I really think that through and say, okay, wait, I don't even know this guy named Jeff. I get rejected all day long by my kids, by my spouse, by my partner. <laughs> this guy's going to reject me. So what? And and quite frankly, I'm interrupting his day and, and imposing on him, so he has a right to do that anyways. So I you know, change my mindset around that all of a sudden, I don't have that fear. You know, and, and so the call is, you know, hey, Jeff, this is Chris Heller with Keller Williams Realty. Do you have a moment for me to ask you a couple of questions? And if you say, no, I'm in the middle of, of dinner right now, um, no problem. You know, when's a better time to call you back? Or, you know, I apologize. Um, you know, I'll call you back. That's not a personal attack on me if I get rejected that way. Mm-hmm. And understanding it's not personal. So I think a lot of agents take things personally. 
and and that impacts them do you know if you if something happens negatively you take it personally then you'll tend to avoid that or not want to do it anymore so those are some of the reasons agents don't you know you you touched on health which uh, for the people who are, are watching this i mean you're shredded you're in incredible shape yeah he's gonna downplay it now but the truth is you're the co-ceo of the largest real estate company in the world you've had a very successful career i personally have struggled with when i'm focusing on business other things are usually falling through the cracks my health has been that thing how have you made that a habit? What did that look like? Has this just been a part of you or have you had to work at it? I don't think it comes naturally to anyone. So I think we all work at it. Some of us have to work harder at certain things than others. I've always had the mindset that for me to accomplish things I want to have to accomplish or that I want to accomplish, I need to be at or as close to 100% as possible, mm. meaning energy, meaning mindset. And I know that exercise gives you energy. Doesn't mean it's always fun. Doesn't mean you always like to do it. And there is the occasional day where I don't do it. And today was actually one of them. I usually have no problem falling asleep. Last night, I just didn't fall asleep right away. Um, it was after midnight and I was still awake. And when my alarm went off at five o'clock, I sat there and got up and said, All right, I could go to the gym, but an hour more sleep, actually an hour and 15 minutes, uh, <laughs> is probably more important to my body than an hour of cardio right now. And and I made the decision to do it. Now I work out every day and most days twice a day in the morning at the end, at the end of the day. So missing this morning wasn't catastrophic, but it was just a it was a mindset. But it's this it's again it's creating a habit. Now I I do it because I know I need to be at, at optimal to be able to achieve the things that I want to achieve. And so I just build it into my schedule. When I travel, I build it into my schedule. When we set appointments, if I have to have a dinner, I'll make the dinner late enough so that I can work out before. Um, and, and so I just really schedule things around it. So that was exactly where I was going to go because I've got two little kids. Daphne's three and a half. Dean is almost a year. The morning is that time I've always been able to get my workout in. That's pretty much out. I'm here, you know, we're, I'm in startup world, just constantly feeling like I'm behind the eight ball. And then I'm rushing to get home to support my wife. Finding that time is, is a limiting belief for me right now. So I, I have four kids. And when they were younger. You have four? Uh, yeah. And I, had, um, I had the same issue. So now luckily, and this was before 24-hour fitness yeah. um, was, was developed. But the gym that I worked out with opened at five. So I just said, all right, I'm going to get up earlier. So I got up at 4.30 every morning. So when I was in San Diego selling real estate, my schedule was I got up at 4.30. I was at the gym at 5, worked out from 5 to 6. I was still home in time to be able to shower, wake my kids up, get them ready to school, in some cases take some of them to school. And, and I just adjusted earlier to do that. It was either that or, or, or not work out. Because for me, if I didn't do it in the morning, at the end of the day, same dilemma, right? I need to get home. She needs help. They need Willpower's help. gone. Willpower's gone. The too many distractions. The energy's down. Uh, so I just said, okay, I'm four thirty is my new time. So there's a solution for you. Yeah. Well, and what really struck with me was um, some advice a mentor had given me once when I was at a challenge and I wanted to do something, but I just couldn't see the way. And he said, it, it, it was around money, but he said, money's not your issue. Your commitment is the issue. Yeah. You just haven't committed to finding a way. To get it done. And in yeah. this case, it's a commitment. I haven't committed to getting out of bed at 4.30, which I have a track record of doing at one point in my life. And, and when I made that habit, and I'm not, um, you know, by default, I'd stay up late and, and wouldn't get up early. So, But I created that habit of getting up early. And now it's not, 
it's not a struggle. But it was at first. And then to this day, I and one of the structures I put in place to do that was to remove the snooze as an option, right? Mm-hmm. So my alarm clock is always far away from my bed. You know, it's in my bathroom. Even when I'm in the hotels, it's 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 never next to the bed. It's over by the TV or in the bathroom. So I have to physically get up and go go turn the alarm off, and then I'm up. All right. I'd say one of the most mind-expanding things for me over the last year was the first time I saw Gary teach Empire Builders. And he showed the two companies, one with the CEO with his five, and then the CEO with the five who had the five who had the five all the way down to now 155,000 people. The idea of succeeding through others, is this something that came naturally to you, or is it something that you've had to work at? I think it's one of those things that I've had to work at. You know, because as an, as an agent, it, it was all on me, mm-hmm. right? It was, it was all on my shoulders. And then even as my team grew, most of the vital parts of the business I was still doing. So there was a shift there where I had to, had to get good at succeeding through others. And I think that's, that's one of the things that, that differentiates Keller Williams from a lot of the other companies in our industry is our complete belief in succeeding through others. In most companies, it's the person who, who's doing the stuff that gets the accolades. Mm-hmm. In Keller Williams, it's the person who's best at succeeding through others that, that gets the accolades. And that's what we view as real success. Right. So it was definitely a shift, not a bad one or, or one that, that I, I resisted or didn't like or any of those things. It was just a different, different way of thinking and operating. Over the last years, I've interacted with the people who are probably watching or listening to this that is one of the sticking points. That's one of those things where they hear that they should succeed through others. They know they should succeed through others. Yet for some reason, there's something that holds them back. If you could give them one thing to help them pave that way, what does that look like? I know we like to keep it to one thing. So, the, But there's, there's several things. So <laughs> if we look at why people don't do that or they resist it or they struggle doing that, sometimes it's ego. You know, they think that, they're the best, and they may be, but then no one else can do it as good. There's always someone else that can do it as good. And in most cases, people that can do those, those certain tasks better than you. So ego is, is often it. The need to feel in control versus the fear of being out of control by having someone else do it, that only manifests itself in reality if you don't have the right people. Mm. Right? If you have a talented person, it actually becomes a relief. It becomes more productive. It becomes joyous. If you have the wrong person, it's painful. Uh, so a lot of times people just don't have the right people or the right talent to be able to actually do it. I think those are two of the two of the big ones. Yeah, no, I love it. And um, for years, I remember the first time I was put in a hiring position, I really wasn't taught how to hire, how to identify talent. And I just kind of took whatever came my way. And of course, they weren't the right person, which made it so hard. But as soon as you know, I hear Gary talk about, no, this is, this is what talent looks like, and this is how you identify it. I mean, it was just a different conversation. Now, how do you become the type of person that talent wants to work for, and they're willing to take a discount to do it? How have you done that? I think there's a couple things. One is, now, part of this is how I naturally am. So this wasn't, I didn't have to really alter myself, but I'm, I'm very much what you see, what you get. Right, so I'm, I'm very straightforward. I'm, there's no agendas or games or any of that. And I think, in general, people appreciate that and, and like and trust that. I do. I value that. And, and so that, that is probably attractive at some level to people. 
The other is always doing the right thing. I mean, I have I made mistakes? Absolutely daily. But my intentions are always the right intentions and good intentions. And people, I think, can sense that and tell that. The other is creating opportunities. You know, the only way I was able to get talented people on my real estate team was to, to build a business that was big enough where they would have opportunity to, to grow and prosper. And so, you know, building a big enough business to where you can create those opportunities for people. Those are ways to attract talent. And then being clear on what your vision is and where you're going and have it be. And, and again, getting the right people that want to be a part of that and that, that want to be a part of a team versus, you know, individuals. Well, um, anything you'd like to leave the listeners or watchers before we wrap up? You know, a lot of what we've talked about, Jeff, is, is, is mindset. And so anything that, that, that we can do to strengthen our mindset or to work on our mindset makes a lot of the other things a lot easier. Well, there you have it. Mr. Chris Heller, co-CEO of Keller Williams. Thank you very much for the time. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this, please subscribe to The One Thing Podcast. We are on a mission to become the number one podcast in iTunes. And when you subscribe, that's the metric that iTunes looks for. And as a way of saying thank you, if you go ahead and take a screenshot of your phone or of your computer after you subscribe, email that to contest at theonething.com. We'll send you a link to get a free digital copy of The One Thing. And if you like this type of content and want more of it, please email me, jeff at theonething.com. It's all based on your feedback. We're doing this for you as a way to add value. So we appreciate the time.